Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano, host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Rays your first to listen every day. And remember, Locked On Rays is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms like Twitter and Instagram. It's just at Locked On Rays. Pretty simple right there. And email us anytime. Questions, comments, concerns, whatever it may be. LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Also, additionally, if you would like to be a guest co-host of the Locked On Rays podcast or simply want to support what we're doing, uh, check out the website, buymeacoffee.com slash unfiltered. That's buymeacoffee.com slash unfiltered. We'll put the link in our podcast description. All right, Ulysses, hopefully people have enjoyed parts one and two of our interview with Logan Driscoll. And today we have, you guessed it, part three of our conversation with the Tampa Bay Rays minor league prospect, catching prospect, who also plays some other positions as well. Well, again, if people cannot wait to see this all in one sitting, they can just go to YouTube, Kevin. I mean, we have 194 yes. subscribers. So if you guys can make it to an even 200, that'll be great. But again, if you're more of an audio fan, that's okay too, because part three, Logan will talk about the spring training outlook, what it entails to make some swing adjustments within the season itself. He goes over the his memories of throwing first pitch at Petco Park after being drafted, what he does to get some post-game personal feedback, and the mentality of, of what it means to be a competitor. And the competition is within and not without. So that is very interesting stuff from Logan. Uh, you mentioned subscribers. So we're at 194 as of right now. Uh, yeah, let's get to 200. Let's get to the Mendoza line. The Mendoza <laughs> line of YouTube subscribers. That's the Mike right. Zanino line yes. of YouTube subscribers. Hey, we may even give you a shout out if you're number 200. So please get on that if you don't mind. All right. Let's roll along with our conversation with Logan Driscoll. How does that click of like, I'm not going to be afraid of something not, go, you know, not going ex exceptionally right? How, how do you, how does that switch turn on? Well, I guarantee you when I go back to spring training this year, my first game in right field, I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh, <laughs> don't hit it to me. No, but it's usually, <laughs> it's usually that. Like you kind of get into the routine of spring training and kind of get out there and, uh, Get your, your feet back under you for that, yeah. Don't say that, Logan, because what they say is the ball always finds you. It That's does. Right. That's it what does. happened my first game of spring training when I was out there. Like, first ball. Really? Out there going towards the line. I run into the fence and catch it. But I was like, oh, okay, that's one way to get, get it back, yeah. Yeah, that's how, yeah, that's that's the way to get that confidence back up is yeah. you know making yeah. a nice catch on the fence. Make a couple True. of nice catches there, and it, it goes a long way. Yeah. Um, Logan, backing up a little bit. Uh, you went to George Mason. Uh, why did you choose that school over maybe some, I'm not sure how many offers you got, but I mean, you were pretty highly ranked, like the number two, number one catcher in the state of Virginia, I guess. Um, just why George Mason over maybe some other larger, bigger schools, bigger uh, name schools? Right. Um, I mean, honestly, coming out of high school, I, I wouldn't say an amazing player. Um, uh, I mean, I had Joe Rizzo, if you know that name, with the Mariners. He he was like the big fish in my area. Mm -hmm. um, 
went in the second round out of high school. So I was no Joe Rizzo by any means. <laughs> um, and I'll, honestly, with the recruiting process, a lot of schools were just saying I was too small at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't fit into those big conferences and stuff like that. Um, but one of the biggest things was my brother was actually playing at George Mason as well. He was ah. three years older than me. Um, and so I kind of got introduced with them pretty early and um, obviously was talking to them early in my high school career, like freshman year, I think they said, whenever you want to take an offer, we can give you one just because they knew the player that my brother was. And he was honestly like the most influ- influential part of my decision to go to George Mason, but also like catching. Cause he was also a catcher. So. Ah, okay. Yeah. The puzzle yeah. gets a little bit uh, right. more complete now. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That works out. So in, in kind of following off of that, uh, what was, a larger change or adjustment for you? Was it the lifestyle and the gameplay of going from high school to college or from college to the minors? Um, honestly, it wasn't a big jump from high school to, to college, but mm-hmm. honestly, even the jump from college to, to the minor leagues, cause it was short season. So you have a lot of college guys that are there um, or a few guys that have been in, rookie ball for a few years now they're um they have that somewhat of experience um but honestly the biggest thing was just seeing the tools that everyone had um you see guys hitting balls like 450 460 and bp just flicking their wrists or loud fastballs and stuff like that or guys running um like like the wind down to first base and you're like wow how am i ever gonna like throw a guy out like that um but i think the biggest thing was when i got there was just not worrying about what other guys are doing what other tools that everyone else has because everyone has them um, and just focusing on what I'm doing and, and taking care of business. And, and going back to when you were drafted 73rd overall pick compensation round, um, is that what you expected? What was that? What the, the pre-draft prognosticators had said that Logan Driscoll probably going to be top 75, top hundred pick, or were you surprised by, how high or how low you were taken. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive to be a top 75 draft pick, especially coming from a mid-major school, not, not right. to, you know, speak against George Mason, but it's not no. ACC, SEC, so forth. Right. Exactly. And that was probably one of the things that was kind of holding me back too, was, Oh, I'm at a mid-major. Can he hang with the, the better pitching and all that? Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, what also hurt me was I went to the Cape and struggled for the first half and then picked it up on the back half. But, all those things were kind of working against me uh, for my stock. And obviously they're saying, oh, this kid isn't going to go back to George Mason. So we don't have to give him the money that he might want or whatever, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. take him where we where he might normally go. Right. So a lot of those things were kind of going, I guess, against me, you could say. But I had a good relationship with the Padres. They sent their uh, special assistant to come out and talk to me. Um, so, like, I had a good relationship with them. But honestly, I had no expectation of the draft uh originally it was hey i just hope i get drafted my junior year to kind of blowing up on me and hoping i'm top 10 top five and then now it's like hopefully i'm top five draft and then i get the call i think around midnight that that first night yeah mm. oh yeah, tell us so about that, that. How, uh, how 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 was that i mean were you watching on tv what, what what was that atmosphere like who are you who are you with i was actually so i was at my I grew up right by George Mason, so I was still in my college uh, apartment, but I went home and was watching the draft with my brother and a few friends and my girlfriend, um, watching the first round, second round starts, and I'm like, all right, we're going to go home, go back to bed. 
So I'm actually getting ready to go to bed. Um, and I like one of my roommates comes in with a box of donuts at midnight. I'm like, what are you doing? But I'll have one. So I'm eating the donut. I see my agent call him like, what the heck? And I throw the donut at the kid. And my agent's calling me saying like, hey, the Padres want to take you. Like, stay on the phone. Like, we'll figure this out. And so then five minutes later, he calls me back. And he's like, hey, are you watching the TV? My uh, area scout calls me. And yeah, things went down. And honestly, it's probably like the only, one of the only draft stories that seems like it goes someone's way, which is pretty awesome. Mm. Yeah, uh, I I love you know I love hearing these stories. Kevin. Yeah, the, the draft stories, the getting the, the calls to the bigs, those are the best. Did yeah. you sleep that night? <laughs> no, that was it was way different experience. Like nothing I've ever felt before. Totally numb. The whole probably for a week I was just completely uh, like cloud nine out of my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Did you have that donut? Oh yeah, I had that donut. <laughs> I probably had like four donuts. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> hey, you gotta bulk up, get that energy for the yeah, long exactly. uh, minor league season. Here's an idea for the new year: go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever they may be. Throw out all of the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, <clears throat> maybe me, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. So... What do you have to do? You have to go to built.com. You use promo code LOCKED15, and you get 15% off your order. So today, go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at built.com. How soon after you're drafted do, I I don't know, do you fly out to San Diego? Do you fly out to their... uh, Arizona, player, yeah. player complex, whatever it may be. Like how how soon from okay, I get the call that I'm drafted 73rd overall to all right, I need to get on a plane and and meet these folks. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So we actually flew out to uh, San Diego and I met up with CJ Abrams, Joshua Mears, and Matt Brash. And we all threw out the first pitch that night uh against the Nats, who I thought was gonna be the team that was gonna draft mm-hmm. me. So ah. that was a good one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh Doing that, and then we uh, got sent down to the complex for like three days, and then I got sent up to short season right on time. Yeah, so it was a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah. but I throwing the first pitch was pretty cool. I bet it was. Was yeah. it? What is? Was it a strike? Hopefully, it was a strike. Yeah, and Hunter Renfro right. uh, caught it, so he ended up coming over too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my! <laughs> wow. Dude, that, that must be insane. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it, the whole stadium full of people, everybody's cheering. Right. Like, I mean, goosebumps is not even the word, right? Right, right. And the worst part is Hunter's yelling at me, like, don't mess up. I'm like, oh, come on, dude. <laughs> Do not bounce this ball. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And um, were there any other players that you, I mean, did you get to meet? you know, the, the starting lineup or anybody on the Padres or the Nats, I guess probably not the Nats, but I didn't know if like they showed you around to, I mean, the, the Padres have some stars on their roster. So I didn't know kind of if you got, honestly, we didn't get to, to walk around that much there, but I wish we did. That would have been pretty awesome. Yeah. It's a pretty cool stadium. It's a pretty cool stadium. Um, going back to, uh, you, you talked about, you know, in the Cape, you, you, 
kind of struggled in the beginning and then you kind of took it all for a ride. 2021, we talked about your numbers off the charts. Are you a superstitious guy when things are going well or when things are going wrong? And if so, what are those things? Honestly, I think a lot of our days are based on routine. So like we all have our routines of when we get to the park and all that. Um, but honestly, it's pretty easy when things start going bad to kind of overdo our process and all that, to get in the cage earlier and start trying to figure things out, which I'm starting to realize now is, hey, it's probably just working in the wrong direction now. Maybe it's I just need to rest and give my body a break and give it that reset to kind of let it, let's say I'm hitting, let my swing take over naturally instead of it, oh, my shoulder's tired, so I start pulling off the ball and all that. So I think, yeah, it's easy to start oh, I'm not doing well right now. Let me work harder. But that's never really the solution anymore because, I mean, we're all busting our butts to to, to perform. Um, I would say superstitions, not really many. I think in college I would eat the same meal before games and stuff. I would have – What was uh, it? I would always have, like, smoked salmon out of the bag, which is weird, right? Like, no, not, not a bad yeah. pick. Not a bad yeah. pick. I think it's weird, but that's yeah. just me. <laughs> Smoked salmon and like a bread, uh, pretzel ball bread. That's one of my good too. Yeah, Did weird. Did you toast the bread, toast it, and then yeah. just yeah. – Yeah, yeah, this is delicious. I mean, clearly yeah. it works. So my kid's going to be eating smoked <laughs> salmon out of, you know. Yeah, I got I got sick of the salmon though, so I, okay. I can't eat salmon anymore. But I guess it was worth it. It it was worth it, man. That that that's great. Now, okay, you 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 as long and and Curtis Mead mentioned uh, keeping that journal and, yeah. and, and and writing things down. How often do you go back uh, and writing on on it? Uh, I know Curtis mentioned that you know if he goes four four four, I don't need to I don't need to know what went right. Yeah. I crushed it. Is that your same philosophy, or do you have you know a, a different you know aspect on, on on when to write and then when to read it back? Right. I'm still, so Curtis does a different type of journal. I'm not going to ex- expose his, his process, but of mine's course. more based on wings and all that. Um, I think his looks more at like, it looks at that side, but also lifestyle. Like he's pretty religious yes. about his, his stuff, um, which is great. And it works for him. But for me, like I'm more just focused on, because I have my routine, I take care of business and then I just want to focus on the video. So a lot of mine is just based on video, even on those good swings that, that four for four night, I'm still going back and looking, Oh, uh, maybe I saw something that the guy tipped his pitch or, or my thought process was right. So I'm writing all those things down. So that way, when I circle back and face that guy again, I still have uh, a little bit of an edge. Okay. Man, that, that, that's, that's a lot of, you know, you got to think back and and keep that Mm -hmm. in, in the memory bank. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple of weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online. It's where the game starts.
following up on that, how much, if at all, do you tinker or adjust with your swing and your stance and what you're trying to do at that at the plate? Because we know that, you know, go through a slump, you want to change something up, things are going well, you want to keep doing that. Just how often is it to, okay, maybe I don't use as much of a leg kick or maybe I, I lower my hands. Like how much are you thinking about and actually acting upon those types of things that might go through your mind? Right. And I think we're all trying to stay in that flow that we call it like wake up and you hit. Um, Mm -hmm. But in reality, you might get that. I know I only got that for maybe a week and a half. Whereas I felt that feeling where it's been like a month where I'm just completely hitting. But last year, for whatever reason, it felt like it was a grind every day to go out and, and figure out my swing. And maybe that was just a year and a half off or, or, uh, and not seeing pitching for a while. But, uh, I think I finally found that flow right before I got pulled up and then I get pulled up home run, my first pitch in high A and then I hit a skid. And that's when we, I, w- I think I was like, Oh, for 30 or something like that. And it was probably like the worst skid of my minor league career. And that's when we started tinkering and, um, messing with different ideas. But I've always wondered in my career, it's like, yes, I'm this type of hitter. I'm doing these things well, but is there something else I could be doing to have power like Curtis Mead? And that's something me and him always go back and forth. Like he has never lifted weights up until this year. Like this is his first off season where he's not playing ball in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, he, so he's skinnier, not as strong as me, but the kid hits the ball way harder than me. And so like, that's something we always go back and forth. Me and him talk hidden all the time. So it was like that in that time where I was struggling, I was like, okay, we got a month left in the year. Why don't we start tinkering with things and trying new things? And I was with Brady North, who is now our new big league hitting coach. Mm-hmm. one of them. And so we just went back and forth trying to tinker with stuff. And I think it helped me find myself as a hitter and realize, Hey, what I was doing in Charleston or low a and what I was doing in 2019 has been working. Sure. I might go into spells where things are a little bit off, but I, I think I've helped, it helped me find my identity as a hitter. And I think going through those tinkering changes and all that um, is like a process that everyone should go through because it kind of helps you find yourself on the other side. You said the type of hitter that I am, and then you said the identity of the hitter that I am. What? What? It, who is Logan Driscoll at the, at the box? Yeah, so when I say that, I mean, like, how do I move as a hitter? There's a lot of people that are like, oh, like, get to 50-50. Like, I want my weight neutral. Use mm-hmm. the ground force. There's a ton of stuff. Or, like, backside hitter. And I'm right. one of those people that usually like, kind of stays on their backside. And I think going through all these changes, it was to get me off my backside and sure. I was able to compete in for some reason during that, that little spell, it was like, I was hitting the ball backside super well, super well, but uh, it wasn't like my normal swing. So like, and then I realized like, Hey, like maybe I just don't need to be back as much rather than doing this extreme, trying to get to 50, 50 and all that. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, there's so many different hitters out there. And so uh, you just got to find what, what's working for you. Well, I mean, when you have an 850 OPS <laughs> and a 290 hitter, at that, I, I mean, maybe not a lot of tinker needs to be done. But I mean, right. what, what is the one thing at the box, you know, obviously looking at those numbers and, and now it's January, we're moving into February. Hopefully baseball is all going to be OK. Obviously for minor leagues is going to happen. But what are you looking forward as a goal in 2022? Is it 
basically just health? Is it learning more uh, about being a catcher and, and getting more uh, repertoire with the uh, rapport with those with those pitchers? Or do you have a goal with numbers on right. on that stat sheet that you're looking at? Right. Um, I think there's a lot of things. I mean, you kind of tick some marks there for me. Um, but honestly, like on the hitting side, Brett Wisely and I always talk like that kid's a special hitter. He can do a little tennis serve slap down the left field line for a double. If you've seen videos of him, he'll do, which I started off the season doing it too. split grip. He'll go split grip on the bat and hit a home run for, with two strikes. He's a special hitter. Wow. Um, and he kind of blew up this year. Uh, I don't think he was getting the respect that he deserved and the notoriety, but he had a really impressive year. Um, but just me and him always talk about, Hey, like we want to be guys that hit 300, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not the crazy power, even though I think he might've had 20 homers this year or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. So me and him aren't, aren't in the same boat, um, but, uh, I know that like, that's an old fashioned out of date stat, but hitting 300 shows your hit ability. And if I can do that with gap to gap power, that that's who I want to be as a hitter. I don't want to be a guy that just sells out for power. And I think being a catcher, I can be that and uh, not worry about the power side of things. I think some catchers aren't the best hitters, so then they have to sell out for power and run into some balls. But if I could just have a little bit of hit ability and I'm somewhere in the middle of the two, that's where I want to be. Um, and then as for, like, you hit the nail on the head with health. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm constantly doing my routine, trying to stay healthy and all that. And I'm coming in at a lighter weight this year, try to – get as lean as possible. Um, so right now I'm at like 215 body weight, uh, where usually even in college I was 220, 225. So just trying to come in a little bit leaner, see if that helps. Um, but also just comes down to, uh, not overdoing like the workouts and all that. Um, or not overhitting when I'm not performing the way I want to and just giving my body the break. I think that's going to be, uh, the next step of it all to stay healthy. Thank you for making the Locked On Rays podcast your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On Bets podcast. That is also free and available on all platforms. Hope you all have a wonderful day and stay safe, and we will talk to you soon.